Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we honor you and bless you. Speak, Lord. Have your way in us. Have your way through us. Your will be done. We thank you that you're an amazing God. We thank you that you're a powerful God. We thank you that you're a God that makes us better. You take us from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from level to level. You don't leave us the way you found us. Come on, y'all. You make us better. You're the God that constantly improves us. You're the God that constantly challenges us. And we give you glory for it. We thank you for it right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, we rebuke fear and we rebuke anxiety and we rebuke panic right now. In the name of Jesus. And we replace fear with an acknowledgement of your favor. That means preferential treatment. We replace anxiety, Father, with an acknowledgement of anticipation. We're expecting something good to come out of the times that we're in. And finally, Father, we replace panic with praise. We will not get crazy, lose our minds, or get uncontrollable, but we'll give you glory and we'll give you praise. In Jesus' name, can I get everybody on every digital campus to just take, and even in those in the building, can I get you to take five seconds and just release a praise right there? Come on, five. Come on, open up your mouth. Come on, five. He wants to hear you, y'all. Give him what he likes. Four, three, give him what he likes. Two, one. Hallelujah. Listen, for, the, for some of you, like, Bishop, it feels weird because I'm in my house. Listen, it shouldn't feel weird. You better make your house the auditorium. Bishop, it feels weird because I'm on my job. It shouldn't feel weird. Why? The Bible says, let everything that hath breath. Woo! Which means if you still got breath in your bodies. It's interesting to me because 
Coronavirus is a respiratory illness, which means it's designed to mess with your breath. Come on here. It's designed to mess with your lungs. And I need you not to let the virus get up on you and shut down your praise and shut down your worship. Let everything that steals God working lungs praise ye the Lord. Why he's been good. Why he's been faithful. Why he's been consistent. If you still got breath in your lungs, you owe God a praise. In Jesus' name. Watch me. Let's go. We started this series on Wednesday. I feel like preacher called a new attitude. Looking at words that ended in ood, you do e, because they affect our altitude. Altitude is how high you go. Now, the interesting thing about the suffix ood, U-D-E, is that it means normally to take action and to change something. And I need you to hear me. There's changes in you that need to match what God's about to do. See, you can't be at a higher altitude if you got a bad attitude. Watch me. You can't be at a higher altitude if you don't know how to practice gratitude. You can't be at a high altitude if you don't know what to exclude. So what are you saying to me, Bishop? Is that throughout this series, we're going to look at the changes that need to happen in you so you can match what God's about to do. God don't just want you to have cash, cars, and clothes and have bad character. Y'all ain't saying nothing. God's not interested in you just having money, but you're mean, nasty, cantankerous, and curt, and can't nobody stand you. You can't even stand yourself. God says, in this series, I'm going to make you better so that the better I'm about to bring will match. Shut your mouth. The better he's bringing is going to match the better you that you're becoming. So I need you not to tense up. I need you not to get frustrated. Can I tell you what's going on in the world? God made everybody have to change instantaneously so that you would stop resisting change. Can I be honest with you? Psychologists say that 80% of people do not like to change, which means the majority of the world, when change comes, they don't want to do it because we prefer comfort over change. But what can I tell you what this time in the world is making everybody do? It's making everybody change. What is God doing? God is saying, I need you to get comfortable with change because the things I'm about to do in your life, you got to be a better you. So he's making you comfortable with not getting your way. Let's talk. He's making you comfortable not being able to go where you want to go, when you want to go. He's making you comfortable having to stay away from other Stay away from other people. He's making you comfortable having to change your routine and change your habits and change the way you used to do things. Literally, God says, I'm about to do something for my people, but I got to get them ready. I'm about to take my people to a new altitude, but I got to get them ready first. So what did he do? He did it in the natural first. Mm. And the natural, he said, listen, everything about to change. The way you talk, the way you walk, where you go, how you act, your everything's about to change. I'm going to do it in the natural first so that then when you'll see what's about to happen in the spirit. And I need you to say, I'm in a supernatural time. Come on, type that on the screen. I'm in a supernatural time. How do you know you're in a supernatural time? Because we're getting ready to enter the spring biblical feast. And the biblical feast represent a time where God says, I'm setting a meeting with my people. It's the time where God says, I'm getting ready to set up a time to meet with my people. Let's go back to Wednesday for a moment. There's two words for time in the Greek language of our New Testament. One is chronos. Chronos goes like this. One, two, three, four, five. It counts up and it counts down. It's chronological. It's up and down. Kairos, though, is not about a quantity of time. It's about a quality of time, which means in a Kairos moment, you can get more done in five minutes than you could in five years. Now, what are the feasts? The feasts are kairos moments. It's when God says, listen, stop everything that's going on. I want to have a meeting with you. What are you telling me, Bishop? Before the biblical feast that we're getting ready to step into on Wednesday, it's called Passover. 
And before the feast happened, we're about to look at it in the book of Exodus. Before that feast happened, you want to know what came? The plague came. Y'all ain't said nothing. Ten plagues came, and those ten plagues were an indication God was about to do something mighty for his people. And I need every person that's watching me right now and every person in this building, you need to know you don't need to have fear. You don't need to have anxiety, and you don't need to have panic because we already got history that tells us what happens next. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. We already got history about what's about to go down. And I need you to say it's getting ready to happen. I need you to open your mouth and declare and say it's getting ready to happen. We already got proof and history about what God's about to do. So you can't miss Wednesday because we're in a supernatural time. After the plagues was the Passover. And the Passover is when they made an exodus. Exodus, exude, they came out of the mess that they were in. And God says, I'm taking you into a land that flows with milk and honey. Honey means it's going to be sweet. Milk means you're going to produce. Come on here. Milk means you got cattle, means you got livestock. I need you to know you're going to a new altitude. Type that on the screen. Say, I'm going to a new altitude, new altitude. And if you haven't shared this yet on YouTube or Facebook because we have the technical issue, I need you to share the second video. Share this second video because this is what a word at. Let's go. This past Wednesday, we learned several things that we needed to exclude. Now, X out of, that's what X the prefix means. Ood. Got it? Action. Take action. Change something. Exclude. Things we need to put out. Certain things you have to put out so you can go up. Say it again. Certain things you have to put out so you can go up. And rocket, when it's taking off, it begins to go up. And as it begins to go off, if you ever pay attention, things begin to fall off of the rocket. Look at me. Things begin to fall off. You missed it. Things that were at this altitude were only necessary for this altitude. As my altitude increases, there are certain things that need to be excluded as my altitude increases. See, some of you, you have outgrown some of your ratchet friends. Y'all ain't gonna send them to me, huh? Y'all ain't gonna send them to digital campuses, huh? YouTube, y'all need y'all to hear me. Some of you have outgrown those people that are always starting stuff, always starting drama. Can I be honest? Some of you have outgrown some of your family relationships. Ooh, let's talk. Because they keep coming up with the same mess, same drama, same issue, and you keep going through the same hurt, heartache, and pain. And sometimes you need to tell people, I love you, but I'm going to love you from over here. Sometimes you got to love people from a distance. Watch me. There were several things we learned that we needed to exclude to increase our altitude from Exodus chapter 4. What happens in Exodus 4? In Exodus 4, uh, in the private, pre, prior chapters, the Bible tells us a few things. In chapter 1, it tells us that a new Pharaoh arose that did not know Joseph. Joseph was the son of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. Joseph, he goes into Egypt. Egypt is a foreign land for the Hebrews. When he goes into Egypt, he goes in and watch me, because he was consistent throughout change, he's made the prime minister. Shut up. Many of you, what you want can't have you because you're inconsistent. And I want to push you to consistency. See, some of y'all want a corner office and you can't work a front desk. Y'all ain't said nothing to me. You've got to be consistent in the midst of change. Joseph, after being lied on, after be, uh, by Potiphar's wife, uh, she wanted to sleep with him. He wouldn't, so she lied on him. Some people will lie on you because you won't lay down with them. Mm. Y'all ain't saying nothing. They mad because you didn't want to sex them. Y'all ain't talking to me. They mad because you wouldn't send them nothing. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. But then, but then, watch this. He was thrown into a pit by his brothers. And his brothers lied and said to his father, Jacob, who later became Israel, 
that your son is dead. So he's mourning, thinking his son is dead. He goes, he's sold off into slavery. He becomes, watch me, and he goes to Potiphar's house. P uh, Potiphar is one of Pharaoh's high-ranking military guys. His wife lies on him. He's thrown into a prison, but when he's thrown into a prison, the warden gives him favor. Stop. You know what's amazing to me is that all throughout Joseph's life, no matter what he went through, the Bible kept saying, and the Lord was with him. And the Lord gave him favor. You want to know why? Joseph's name means the Lord increases me. Which means no matter what you put on me, watch me increase. Ah, I need some of y'all to realize no matter what they try to do, to put their foot on you, to try to keep you down, to try to oppress you, suppress you, depress you, repress you, regress you, you are always going to increase. Ah, somebody holler, I'm increasing. Now what's amazing so now Joseph becomes prime minister because he interprets a dream. While he's locked up, they got him locked up. He's locked up. And while he's locked up, he interprets a dream. He's got a gift. Hear me. He uses his gift for God's glory so it gets him promoted. Stop. There are many Christians where you don't get promoted out there because you don't use your gifts in here. Now, I know right now we can't use our gifts the way we normally do, but Bishop, how can I serve the church right now? Your serve is in your share. See, some of y'all still ain't hit that share button yet. And you just send it to my, ooh, that's good. Ooh, that's a blessing. Hit the share button, girl. Watch me now. I feel like somebody said, uh, sent me an Instagram message, said, Bishop, preach like it's a sixth Sunday. Ain't no sixth Sunday. Sixth Sunday could be anything. I don't even know how to do that. Watch me. He goes and he interprets Pharaoh's dream. When he interprets Pharaoh's dream, he literally is promoted. Watch me. He's promoted by one thing. Mm. One thing gets him promoted. See, for some of y'all, once we come up out of this time of transition, God says, I just need you to get your one thing together. Because your one thing, your one shot, when you get it, you can't miss you got to make sure you get that thing. He interprets Pharaoh's dream. And Pharaoh says, well, I'm going to make you prime minister. Bible says he gives him a signet ring. That's a ring of authority. Bible says he gives him a gold chain. And the Bible says that he gives him garments. He says, you will be prime minister. He says, he says only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. Stop. Joseph has been consistent now for 14 years since his brothers, or for four, between 13 and 14 years, but when his brothers throw him in the pit and at age 30, he is promoted and he now becomes prime minister. The Bible says that he becomes father to Pharaoh. What? what? He becomes father to Pharaoh because he was consistent in the midst of inconsistency. And I need for some of y'all to hear me today. Watch me. You have got to make sure you remain consistent. So chapter one says after Joseph dies, there's a new Pharaoh that arises that doesn't know Joseph. He doesn't know about Joseph's history, about what Joseph has done. And when his new Pharaoh arises, he deals shrewdly or harshly with the Hebrews, and he puts them into slavery because he's afraid that they may become greater than him. Can I tell you why some people come against you? It's because they see something about you you don't see about yourself. He said, if I don't deal with these people shrewdly, if I don't create hell for them, if I don't create drama for them. See, I just answered somebody's prayer because this morning you may have been like me saying, why is there so much hell coming from people I help? Because they see something on you you don't even see about your yourself the devil sees something about you you don't even see about yourself so sometimes there's people around you that are sent to sabotage you because the devil says if i can get you to quit on sunday you won't see victory coming on tuesday oh but i need you to release this over yourself say i'm not a quitter i'm not a quitter i'm not baby i'm consistent and baby i finish what i start here it is 
So, so, now, so now they're put into bondage. And now they cry out for a savior. They cry out for a deliverer. And at that time, the scripture makes it clear that God chooses Moses. Moses' name is Moshe in Hebrew. They call him that because they drew him out of the Nile River. But his name is prophetic. His name is foretelling and foretelling that he would be the man that would draw his people out of bondage. Look at me. I need you to know God has use of you. Please look at me. God has use of you. You were not sent to just have babies, pay bills, and die. You were not sent to just come, sit around the house, eating carbohydrates all day, and watch Netflix and die. You better hear me. God has use of you. And I need you not, watch me, I need you not to get so caught up in you that you forget that God has use of you. I need you not to get so caught up in your ego that you forget that God has use of you. So now we are in Exodus 4, and God is like, all right, Moses, it's time for you to live up to your name. Your name says you're going to pull them out. It's time for you to live out your name. Can I be honest with you? Most people, when it's time to do what they're called to do, miss it. How do you know? Many are called, few make it. Few are chosen. Who are the chosen? The ones that show up. See, some of y'all, some of y'all, watch me. God can't count on you, so he don't count you. Y'all ain't saying that. God, God can't know. He don't know whether or not you're going to be consistent today or you're going to be in your feelings, feeling some type of way. You had a rough night. To hell with your rough night. Everybody got change going on right now. And I'm not cussing. Hell is a Greek word that comes from the word Gehenna. It means hot trash. Some of y'all are too emotional to be used by God because every time he want to use you, but I don't like the way she talked to me. Look, that's a grown person. You can't control what grown people do. I don't like the way he said that. Maybe you need to get talked to strong by a man because your daddy never checked you. You needed a grown man to check you so you can get some act right. I feel like preaching. It is a sick Sunday. Ain't even no such thing as a sick Sunday. Some of y'all look at anybody with strength because you're used to punks and weak people. You look at anybody with strength like they're controlling and trying to beat you down. No, you just need to learn some order and some responsibility. Sometimes you need to get checked. Who going to check me, boo? Somebody will. You can talk like that. Uh, uh, listen, I ain't going to say the girl's name. There's a girl on the TV show that I always be talking about. Who going to check me, boo? And the moment somebody say something, she get up and run. Y'all, y'all, I feel like preaching at this little 15. <laughs> that little technical issue then got me turned up. Right? So watch, so watch. So Exodus 4. He's like, Moses, I'm ready to use you. Moses is so emotional. He comes up with all these excuses. He said, God, I can't speak well. Uh, God, I, I can't do this. God, I can't do this. He comes up with all of these excuses when it's finally time for him to be what he's called to be. Question, it's your time and your turn, but are you ready? You miss me. You ever been waiting in line for a roller coaster? And you were ready when you were back here? Then you got up close on it, and you saw just how scary the ride might be. And then when you got closer, all of a sudden now, fear, come here, anxiety, come here, panic started creeping in. Back there you were talking big game, but you wasn't close to it. When it's time for you to finally get in the little holster, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. When it's time for you to get in the little holster and get on all of a sudden now, oh shoot, I'm not sure now. What changed? Let me tell you what changed is it reveals something that was in you. Because in Exodus 4, Moses keeps making excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. And after many excuses, look what he says in Exodus 4, 13. 
But he said, oh, my Lord, please send somebody else. Stop. Moses, God Almighty has picked you. Your response to God is send somebody else. After you wouldn't hear my excuses, I'll just tell you the truth. I don't want to do it. Can I tell you why people make excuses? Excuses are really pride. How do you know, Bishop? Because grown people do what grown people want to do. Listen, I no longer accept from people that I couldn't. Mm, just stop lying to me. You didn't want to. Just tell me the truth. You're sloppy, you're sorry, and you wretched. Just tell me the truth. I can respect that besides you looking at my face and lying to me. I'd much rather say you ain't about nothing rather than sitting in my face talking about, talking about I couldn't figure it out. No, you didn't want to figure it out. Y'all ain't talking. All right, watch me. Excuses are sinister because they reveal pride. Every time there's an excuse, it's a revelation of pride. How do you know that? Because gratitude gives God its all. See, today's message is called practicing gratitude. And gratitude gives God its all. See, Moses never practiced gratitude. And I'm about to show you something about Moses that you've never seen this way. Because when we look at Moses, Moses was amazing. At the same time, Moses was arrogant. You can be called, watch me, and lack class at the same time. Y'all, they talking. You can be anointed, watch me, and annoying at the same time. Y'all better hear me. Let's go. Uh, gratitude gives God its all. Moses wasn't willing to give God his all. Second Chronicles 31, 21. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law, and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart, so he prospered. Everything we do for God, we should do with all of us. You know what gets me? It's how people will give 100% to a relationship and then complain because you got to serve at two experiences on a Sunday morning. But yet you'll run behind some sorry cheater. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You'll run behind some sorry cheater and be consistent to them and be faithful to them. And then he, 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 and wonder why your life ain't together. It is a sixth Sunday. Might go to seventh Sunday. It's amazing to me how when it's time to do something for God, all of a sudden it's a problem to do it with my whole heart. But you give everything else your whole heart. You give your fear your whole heart. Your anxiety, your whole heart, your panic, your some of you have not slept right since all of this started because you literally give panic all of you. God says, I want all of you. I need everybody to lift one of your hands and say, Lord, I give you all of me. Come on. Let's keep moving. Pride is an emotion. An emotion is a control tactic. How do you know that? E means out of motion change, out of change. So what happens? Emotions are designed to create control. Why do people holler and scream? I want control. Why do people cuss and act a fool? I want control. Why do people give you the silent treatment? I want control. Why do people get sad? And watch me, I want control. What are we doing with our emotions? We're trying to get control. And pride is an emotion that wants control. It's an inflated sense of status or accomplishment. You think you, watch me, that your status is higher than it really is. It's inflated. You think because of what you've done that somehow somebody owes you something. Let's move further. It's synonymous with the word hubris. H-U-B-R-I-S for my note takers. Hubris is overconfidence and arrogance. Look at me. Nothing wrong with being confident. How do I know the difference between confidence and overconfidence? Confidence is confident because it's prepared. Overconfidence, watch this, projects but it's not prepared. Overconfidence says, I got this, I got this. Did you prepare? I don't need to. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. You got, you got an arrogance problem. You got a pride problem. You got a hubris problem. Did you study the material? Uh, no, nah, I don't know. I don't, I don't need to. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, see, see, you got a problem. Your problem is that you're prideful 
And that's your arrogant. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. You got a lot of people who just want to show up and perform but don't want to prepare. Y'all ain't going to talk to me today. Now watch. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's a, uh, uh, overconfidence and arrogance. What's arrogance? Arrogance is a sense of superiority. Why does arrogance think it's superior? Because it creates some crazy metric and then measures itself against other people. So you will have people who think they're better because their hair is longer. Y'all ain't talking. You'll have people who think they're better because they have a different uh, shade of skin color. Y'all ain't talking. You will think, have people who think they're better because of where they went to school. Y'all ain't talking. You will think that people are better uh, because of how much money they have. Now realize, and listen, money is great, but favor's better. Ah! Because money can buy you a doctor, but favor will get you health. Money can buy your lawyer, but favor will get you justice. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. So watch me. It's a sense, watch this, of superiority and then self-importance. Self-importance says that I am more important than the big picture. I am more important than the whole. What I want to do is more important than what needs to be done. I could have easily said, and I'm not knocking anyone that has done it. I could have easily said, you know what? I'm just going to sit at home, and I'm just, we're just going to stream from the house. I'm going to stream from my home studio, and we're just going to stream. And there would have been nothing wrong with that. That's how I do prayer. That's how I do pop There would have been nothing wrong with that. But here's the reality. I said, but people need consistency. So watch this. They're used to getting praise and worship. They're used to BTS. They're used to getting the word. They're used to me making sure they're fed. So that's what they're going to continue to get because you need it now more than ever. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because my self-importance is not more important than what I'm called to do. Come on here, y'all. Me is not more important than we. Arrogance says, well, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And even if it messes with what everybody else is doing, it don't really matter. Y'all ain't talking. Even if it negatively impacts other people. You ever had people who made selfish decisions as if they were more important than the whole? And they didn't care how what they did negatively affected the whole. That's what arrogance does. And then finally, entitlement. Entitlement says you owe me. You owe me, watch me, simply because I showed up. You owe me simply because I'm here. And let's be honest, we have a lot of that today. Not to people like to say, oh, this is millennials. It ain't, it ain't just me, it's everybody. So don't y'all even start that. You know, this millennial generation, Bishop, mm -mm 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 -mm, it's everybody. I didn't see more old school uh, uh, entitled folk than I have new school entitled folk. I'm owed something. Baby, look at me clearly. Don't nobody owe you jack. Don't nobody know you nothing. And when you walk around with a sense of entitlement, you will walk around, watch this, poking your chest out, thinking that just because you breathe and somebody has to listen to your opinion. You'll start giving your opinion to people who have built more than you on your worst on their worst day than you've built on your best day. And because of social media now where everybody can get on there and everybody, you, I got a thousand TikTok files, I got this, I got this, I got Because anybody can have a voice now, which is dangerous because that means even unaccomplished people get to think they can treat and talk crazy to accomplished people. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me right now. It's superiority, self-importance, entitlement. And pride practices the opposite of what we should. See, we should practice gratitude. Can I get you to type that on the screen? Gratitude, 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 gratitude. We should practice gratitude. Uh, pride doesn't do that. Pride practices ingratitude. Pride is ungrateful. And watch this. It doesn't feel nor does it show gratitude. That, that, that messed with me because pride, watch me. Pride says, not only am I not going to show you gratitude, like, have you ever been in a situation where you're like, I don't know how I say or show thank you. I don't know how to show appreciation. That's one thing. Pride says, I don't need to say thank you. 
you did for me, but I don't owe you any gratitude for what you did for me. And that's what we got going on a lot in the world today. You have a lot of people that just, watch me, I always tell people thank you. Even people I pay to do stuff, I tell thank you. Now, if I paid you to do it, that's your thanks. Y'all ain't saying them. You want to be celebrated, your check was your celebration. But I still say thank you. Why? Because I practice gratitude. And I'm not trying to puff me up or build me up. What am I saying? We got to practice gratitude all day, every day. And we can never think that we're entitled. I need everybody on every digital campus to lift one of your hands and say, Lord, make me grateful. Not just to God, but to other people. Here it is. I'm going to where I'm going. I'm going to where I'm going. Watch. 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 This is good to me. It doesn't feel, nor does it show gratitude. It doesn't show appreciation. What is appreciation? To add value. When people add, you, add value to you, you're supposed to add value to them. Let me tell you why we got so many hurt folks. Is that you were with people that, watch me, that didn't practice gratitude. And because, watch me, you added value to them, but they refused to add value to you. You did for them, but they refused to do for you. Anytime you asked them to do a little thing, it was a big thing. And every big thing they asked you, they treated like it was a little thing. I need you to pick up on the patterns and stop getting played. Y'all better hear me. L listen, listen, uh-uh, listen. No, you're ungrateful. You don't practice gratitude. I'm not going to be blessing nobody that don't know how to bless back. Shut up. I'm not going to be helping nobody that can't even say thank you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Watch, watch this, watch. It doesn't feel nor show gratitude, nor appreciation. It doesn't add value. And then watch me, it's not agreeable. Now that's an interesting term. Because when you think of agreeable, we think that means go along to get along. That's what it means. Agreeable means follows instructions. Ingratitude, a lack of gratitude, it doesn't follow instructions. Which tells me we got a lot of ungrateful Christians. Because if you can't follow instructions, how do you expect to bake a cake and you're just going to disregard what the box said? Right. But I know better. Okay. All right. Good luck with that. Listen, I can't cook. Everybody know I can't cook. Except breakfast food. And through this little quarantine time, I don't, I'm sick of breakfast food. I don't want to see no more breakfast. I don't want no more pancakes. I don't want no more eggs. I don't want no eggs. I don't want no cheese. I don't want no potatoes or brine. I don't want to see brine no more. I don't want no more. That's what they call them, the potatoes and onions and stuff. Potatoes are fine. I don't like that. Listen, <clears throat> here's the deal. I know that when I'm cooking, one time um, I was making a cake. Problem is, I didn't fully read the box. I didn't follow instructions. So I'm just thinking this cake's going to be good. This is going to be good. Man, that cake came out. It tastes like cornbread. It was thick like cornbread. And then me, you know, trying to make the best out of it, I was like, well, I'm still going to put some icing on it, but I'm going to melt it. It's <laughs> a lot of judgment going on right now. And I was like, maybe if I put a little butter on top. Listen, it was a mess. The whole, thing, the whole thing was a mess. Look at me. The reason you get instructions is so that you don't have to live by experiments. Why? Because when you live by experiments, things will blow up. Many of you, you live by experimentation because you don't follow instructions. So there's a lot of stuff that blows up in your face because you wouldn't listen to counsel. You, wouldn't you prayed for a pastor, got a pastor, now don't listen. You prayed for leadership, got leadership, don't listen. You prayed for answer, got an answer, don't listen. I need you to open your mouth and say, Lord, make me agreeable. Then finally, watch me, it's repellent. Watch this. Repellent means that it pushes away what it needs. Shut up. It pushes away. I don't mean that little speaker speech. 
and pushes away what it needs. If you get some brand new suede shoes and you spray them jokers down, when water hits it, watch me, when water hits it, it'll fall off because it has a repellent on it. Repellent means, watch me, in this context, that what you need won't have you because you're too difficult to deal with. I'm going to say it again. What you need resists you. What does the Bible say? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. When you are repellent, you literally are pushed away because you are too diff your pride is too difficult to deal with. Here's an example of it. Now, let's go. We're about to walk this story out. With Moses, you can see the repellent nature of ingratitude in Exodus 4.24. Because in Exodus 4.24, Moses' pride was so repellent, God was about to allow him to be put to death. But God doesn't. And what's amazing, y'all, is Moses never says thank you. Literally, God was like, Moses, you give me a bunch of excuses. You got so much pride. You got so much arrogance. And I can't believe that you would act this way. So Zephora, one of the ladies... She circumcises her son, takes the foreskin, throws some blood on Moses. Because when the blood was on Moses, the death had to pass over. Amen. Which means, watch me, the Passover wasn't the first Passover. Mm. But I need you to hear me. Watch me. Moses doesn't, her name was Zephora. He doesn't thank Zephora, doesn't thank her son, doesn't thank God. Why? Because Moses has a pride problem. Because pride won't let you have gratitude. He doesn't say thank you. But here's what you need to know. Gratitude, here it is, goes in. So number one, gratitude gives God its all. Number two, gratitude goes in. What does it mean to go in? It means that when I am demonstrating my thankfulness, I have no holes barred. Which means I'll shout, I'll jump, I'll holler, I'll scream. Listen, you can't high five people right now, but listen, you can, you know, air five. Air five me. Now, you're going to air five. Listen, why? Because God has been too good to me. That's why Hebrews 13 says, uh, 13 and 15 says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. What is a sacrifice? It means I don't care how I feel. What he did was real. Woo! I don't care how I feel. What I saw God do was real, and I owe him glory. I'm about to give every digital campus five seconds and five seconds only to go in to tell God, thank you. Thank you for when he didn't allow you to die when you should have. Thank you that he didn't allow you to get in that accident. Thankful that even if you had corona, you recovered. Come on. Thankful that he's protected you. Thankful that he's kept you. I'm going to give you five seconds. Go, go, go. Five. Come on. Four. Three. Come on. Go in. Two. One. There's a Hebrew word for that. It's called Hallel, where we get our word hallelujah, which means to go crazy for God, to act like a fool for God. Moses, after he sees this, you think Moses would be giving God praise. You think Moses would be like, thank you. There are moments last night, I had one of these gratitude moments, and I just started thinking. And when I started thinking, I started thinking. Come here. When I started thinking, I started thinking. I said, God, it's amazing, because out of everything the devil has tried, I said, I'm still standing. And when I started thinking, I started thinking. And then I started, watch me, the Lord, he started putting faces in front of me, faces of people who tried to crucify me, tried to sabotage me, tried to beat me down, tried to pull me down. And then I started thinking, because he said, son, look, I was with you so much that even though the enemy sent it from every which way, you still beat it. I need you to give God a thank you right here to let him know that you're appreciative for what he's done. Everybody on three, holler thank you. One, two, three. Thank you. But Moses, Moses, he doesn't say thank you because Moses doesn't practice gratitude because Moses' pride doesn't see itself. Can I be honest? 
Pride never sees itself, so pride has to fall in order to face itself. Shut up. Not literally, it's figure speech. The only way pride sees itself is it has to fall. That's why Proverbs 16, 18 says, watch this. It says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. What, what is the fall? It means by definition, unnecessary affliction, unnecessary breach. Unnecessary breaking, unnecessary bruises, unnecessary crash, and unnecessary hurt. And you can see this all throughout the time with Moses. There were 10 plagues that they had to go through before they came out of Egypt. 10 is the biblical number of perfection, which means God says, I got to perfect something before I can purge you out of Egypt. Mm. Which tells me this, the plagues were not necessary absent Moses' pride. You missed what I just said. And I'm about to show you. The plagues weren't necessary absent Moses' pride. Exodus 5, 22. Watch me. In Exodus 5, Moses goes. He asks Pharaoh. He says, let the people go. And, and Pharaoh says, not only am I not letting the people go. He says, but since you stopped them from working, I'm going to make them make bricks with no straw. And the quota, the count of bricks they got to make stays the same. The people get angry at Moses and say, may the Lord judge you. Because Pharaoh's done evil in our sight. And, and, and then Moses responds. Now, here's what's amazing. The Hebrews are also revealing a problem they have because they got a pride problem, too, which means sometimes, watch me, sometimes the people under you show you you. Y'all yeah. ain't going to say nothing to me. But every supervisor, you better make sure that them people that's giving you hell, you ain't giving your supervisor hell because God ain't mocked. You're going to reap what you sow. For every parent, listen, you better hear me. Don't be giving your pastor trouble. Don't be giving your pastor trouble because your kid's going to do the same thing you do to you. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. So, so Exodus 5.22. Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, now watch me. Why did he turn away from the Lord to deal with the people? It reveals another pride problem. Moses, you think what they say more important than what I said. Some of you make what your friends do more important than what God said. And you get in these little cliques and you get in these little clans and you end up getting distracted and unfocused by people that God is done with. Make sure you ain't on a team that God's already sat down. I feel like preaching here. <clears throat> so Moses turned to the Lord. Why did you turn from the Lord, Moses, in the first place? So now he turns to the Lord because he made what they said more important than what God said. Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? Excuse me? Moses, who are you to say God did evil? Moses, who are you to question why God sent you? Here's another thing about pride. Pride projects. See, pride, Moses is now because he turned his back on God to look at the people. Moses now is saying, God, you did these people wrong. See, let me be honest. There are some of you, or if we're honest, you have thought that way about God as it relates to other people because you didn't know what God was doing in other people's life. So when people started going through stuff, you started thinking, well, why would God let this happen to them? You don't know what they've done. You don't know what breach they've created. You don't know what they've said in their house. And you, you don't know what God is doing in other people's life for you to criticize God's actions. <laughs> Y'all ain't talking to me there. Watch me. Why have you done evil? We may have to let both messages out today. Why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? So he's projecting. What does that mean, Bishop? He's now putting it off on God. God, you did evil to these people. And watch me. 
we're back to the same old thing. Why would you ever send me? So he's not grateful that he got sent. He's not even great. Listen, when you have pride, you don't find solutions. You find problems. Because why wasn't Moses saying, well, look, y'all, this is what we got to deal with right now. So right now what we got to deal with is we need to figure out how to get this straw. We know where it's at. We just need to figure out how to get it. Let's solve the problem right now. Because watch me. Because only prideful people get emotional when they need to evolve. Prideful people get emotional when you need to evolve. See, sometimes you ain't going to have time except to evolve. And guess what? What's going on in the world is making you evolve right now. So you can sit up in your house all day with the blinds closed. Woe is me. Or you can get up, open them blinds, wash your hair, comb your hair, take a, take a bath. You waiting until 7, 8 o'clock at night to take a bath. Take a bath, get yourself together, and maximize the time you've got. All right? But Moses doesn't do that. They don't do that because they are all prideful. So prideful people get together and all that. You want to know what prideful people do? They complain. Prideful people complain about each other and leaders. <laughs> That's what prideful people do. But well, I don't understand this. But well, I understand that. But well, I understand that. But well, I heard this. I heard that. Forget what you heard. What do you know? Y'all ain't talking. So watch me. Proverbs 29, 23. A man's pride brings him low. You know what low means there? It means it makes him depressed and humiliated. Moses is depressed and humiliated because he's angry. You know, we got so many depressed people today. We got more people. People have more money, but they own more antidepressants. And I'm not knocking that if you are. You need to do what your doctor says. Got it? Some of you, right after church, you need to get your refill. No, I'm not even saying that in a negative way. There's, listen, we got to get rid of the stigma that says that something, you're a bad Christian because you need to take medical practice. You're not a bad Christian. Listen, I insist on some of y'all taking. Praise him. All right? Six Sunday. Look, look no, let me say that again. I need you to hear me. We got, listen, Christians, get rid of the stigma. You are not somebody else. So just because somebody else has to process their journey different than you, don't judge their process. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if somebody else, well, I don't know why they're taking that. They just need to believe God. You need to mind your own business and get up out theirs. Are you hearing me? So every person that you've ever had a Christian criticize you because you got a process as your pastor, I tell you, tell them to hush and you keep it moving. All right. But why do we have more money? More stuff, more houses, more square footage, more diamonds, more rings, more purses, more coats, more jackets. more. We got more stuff, but we got more people depressed and humiliated. Why? Pride. Pride will always make you depressed and humiliated because you were competing and no one else knew. And so you got depressed and you feel humiliated when what you wanted didn't happen because you were in a competition you set up with yourself. I just feel like a failure. Listen, man, you've done more than your bloodline. You need to celebrate what you've done and get up and keep it moving. I need you to just type that on the screen. You don't touch nobody, especially even if you got a watch party. Don't touch them, but just type it on the screen. Say, get up. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, get up. All right? Got it? But the humble, let's go back to that verse in Proverbs. But he who is lowly, that means humble, will obtain honor. So watch me. Pride wants to be honored, but it can't be. If you watch the movie Ten Commandments, the four-hour movie, what's amazing to me is that Ramses, he wanted to be honored so much by Seti, and Seti wasn't having it. Seti was Moses and Ramses' father in the movie. Now, in the movie, he was, the, he was Pharaoh, and Ramses would always have these little plots and plans to try to get Moses. 
And what's amazing to me about this is Ramses was always trying to exalt himself, but said he didn't even like him. He was like, uh, Moses, your name shall be everywhere. Ramses, your name shall be nowhere. Like, like, could you imagine? Now, let's just have a real moment. Could you imagine your father saying to you or anybody you respect highly saying to you, you should be promoted. You are nothing. Let us go. Dog, at least for a few minutes, you're going to be like, God, dog. But watch me. Ramsey's pride, watch me, constantly tried to make him promote himself, which is what made him look lower in the eyes of who mattered. Shut up. He looked lower in the eyes of who mattered because his pride made him constantly promote himself. And we live in a generation now where everybody promoting themselves. Everybody, look at me. Look at my mixtape. Look at this. Look at that. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And you're trying so hard to promote yourself that who you actually are trying to matter to, it's looked down on. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Yeah. Watch me. Watch. He's depressed and he's humiliated. Why is he depressed and humiliated? It takes us to the next thing about gratitude. Remember, the name of the message is practicing gratitude. Moses practiced ingratitude because of his pride. Practicing gratitude. Here, gratitude gives up worry. Philippians 4 and 6. Here's what it says. Don't be anxious about what? Anything. Let's go hood for a minute. Don't be anxious about nothing. But in what? Everything by prayer and supplication with gratitude, thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Listen, what, am I, what does it mean, don't be anxious for anything? It means I'm not going to be worried. What's worry? Worry is when you are stressing over something you can't change. Listen, here's some things I had to learn through the years. I can't change what people do. I can train. I can teach. I can have webinars. I can have seminars. I can lay my hands. I can pour oil on them. I can give them steps. I can give them manuals. But at the end of the day, people going to do what they going to do. So what, I had to make a decision. And to be honest, can I be very honest with you? Let's have an honest moment. It took me a while to get that lesson. I had to make a decision recently, really in the last 18 months. I had to make a decision. I'm just not going to try to do that anymore. You're going to do what you're going to do. Listen, and sometimes, okay, now that I see what you're going to do, thank you. Now I'm about to do what I got to do. Uh, in the movie Ten Commandments, I keep bringing uh, it up because it played yesterday. The movie Ten Commandments, Moses said to, to Seti, <clears throat> now he's in chains because they say he's the liver. And, and he's like, Moses, why would you try to get these people to turn on me? And, and Moses says to Pharaoh, he says, what I did, I was compelled to do. I like Seti. Seti's a G. Seti says, well, Moses... What I do, I am compelled to do. He holds up his scepter. He says, let the name of Moses be stricken from every book. And then he lists all these other things. Here's what's amazing to me. At the end of the day, look at me. At the end of the day, you got to stop worrying about what you can't change. You can't change what people do. Can I be honest with you? Some of you, you keep trying to extract investments from, from people where there is nothing to be extracted. And your commitment is to what you invested, not even to them. You're like, I put so much time into this friendship. But baby, you're going to a new altitude, and there's some things you need to exclude. And it don't make them bad, don't make you bad. It just means you can't be on my plane no more. Why? I'm getting all these snakes off this plane. 
Come on, Samuel L. Jackson. Hey, look, look. Gratitude gives up worry. Gratitude is like, so Moses is worried about what these people think. Dude, these are slaves. I'm just saying. They've been slaves for 400 years. Worst case scenario, they keep on being what they are. You sitting here worried about what they become, how they act, how they talking, what's going on. And, and God is like, dude, so you're more worried. Remember, you turn your back to me to deal with them because you're more worried about what they say. I'm God, God says to Moses. They're slaves. I'm the maker. Y'all the maid. I'm the owner. You to help. Huh? Moses, why are you worried? See, some of y'all, you get so worried about, because see, many of you, can I be honest with you? Can I have a pastor's heart moment with you for a moment? Many of you, Harvest is your first church you've been faithful to. You got saved at. You're serving at. And because your bloodline doesn't get it, you spend too much time trying to convince them about stuff the Bible says. The Bible says serve. The Bible says give. Anybody trying to control you? The Bible says that we should serve. The Bible says we should be faithful. And it's amazing because when you was in a club doing all this here, they didn't say nothing. Y'all ain't talking to me. When you was dropping it like it's hot and you needed to be picking up like it was cold. They weren't saying nothing to you. But now that you're doing, think about it. How demonic are you that you're trying to keep me from God? What a demon. You're trying to keep me out of church. What a demon you are. Some of y'all better learn how to shut these demons down before they make you crash your plane. Six Sunday ain't even, we just created that today. Digital harvester came up with that. Look, so watch me. Moses, let's go. He keeps practicing this prideful pattern. I'm almost done. He keeps practicing this pattern. Because in Exodus 6, 12, look what happens. So in Exodus 6, God... <clears throat> After Moses makes that crazy statement, God is like, tell them I'm going to deliver them. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. Look at Moses' response. But Moses said to the Lord, behold, the people of Israel have not listened to me. How is Pharaoh going to listen to me if they won't? For I'm an uncircumcised lips. He means I can't speak. Didn't he already tell God that? We learned that in Exodus 4. So stop. What's happening? A pattern. Because pride repeats patterns. Pride repeats patterns and it won't correct them. How many times you going to go through the same thing and it keep being the same outcome before you wise up? See, sometimes, watch me, you'll be sent the same Judas until you learn how to handle it more quickly. Shut you missed me right there. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes you'll be sent the same Judas. What's that? A betrayer. You'll be sent the same Judas. And you're like, why I keep going through this? Because God says you give them too much mercy. Ah! You take too long to tell them to do what they're going to do. What did Jesus tell Judas? He says, do what you're going to do and hurry up. Do it quick. You sitting there having meetings when you need to have dismissals. Y'all ain't talking to me. I feel this thing right here. You sitting there talking about let's go out. To, well, you can't go out to eat now. Let's FaceTime and eat. And God says, I'm going to keep sending the same Judas and the same problem and the same issue until you learn how to dismiss them quickly. Because where you're going, when you're in the air, you got to make decisions quickly. And I need you to release this over your life. Type it on the screen. I'm going to a new altitude. So look, Proverbs 26, 11. Come on, y'all. We're walking through this story. We only got a few more. Watch me. Proverbs 26, 11. As a dog 
returns to his own vomit. So a fool, that word fool, that means prideful fool, repeats his folly. Pride keeps doing the same thing. Moses, don't say nothing else about you ain't good enough. Shut up. I'm sending you. Okay, God. God, I'm not good enough. Moses, what didn't you hear? We now in chapter 6. What didn't you understand in chapter 4? Look at me. You're in 2020. What are you already repeating that you didn't get from 2019? What are you already repeating that you didn't get from 2018? See, I don't know about you, but to heck with going through the same cycles and circles. I need you to lay one hand on yourself, say no cycles, and say no circles this year or this decade. Let's keep it moving. So Exodus 8, let's go forward. As part of the 10 plagues, so there are 10 plagues. What did I tell you the number 10 means? Divine perfection. It means God is perfecting something in these 10 plagues. These are not just random things. These are divine things designed to perfect something. Now, who's he perfecting something in? You miss me. If Pharaoh is an enemy of his people, there's nothing to perfect with Pharaoh. So who is he perfecting something in? Moses and his people. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? Your enemies are used by God to perfect something in you. See, you sitting here cursing your enemy out when you need to be clapping your enemy up. Why? Because they're showing you something in you that needs to be perfected. God ain't dealing. Your enemy is not God's people. So uh, uh, you understand what I'm saying? Which means God says, whoever your enemy is, I'm not trying to perfect them. They're not mine. I am trying to perfect you. So in Exodus 8, this part of 10 plagues, I feel like preaching here. As part of 10 plagues, frogs take over. Y'all know how we, one of our core values says we don't take sides. We take over because we want to be aggressive about reaching people for Jesus. That's what them frogs did. Them frogs says, ribbit, we didn't take sides, ribbit, we take over. Them, rab uh, them rabbits, those frogs were all over. I mean, they took over Egypt. They were all over. And you want to know what's amazing? Is that Pharaoh goes to Moses and he says to Moses, please pray to your God. Stop. Which means you know God is behind this. See, some people know what they're doing is evil. They know what they're doing is demonic. But they're doing it anyhow. And I need you not to let them pull you into their mess. Ah! I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm not getting pulled in the mess. Now watch, watch, watch. So... He says, go pray to your God and ask him to stop the frogs. Got it? So Moses does that, and the Bible says that the Lord stops the frogs. But watch Exodus 8, 15. But when Pharaoh saw that there was a respite or rest, he hardened his heart and would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Stop. When he had a storm, he pretended to change. When the storm was over, he went back to who he was. I want to ask you a question. What have you prolonged because your pride makes you pretend like you changed? What have you prolonged because your pride makes you pretend like you changed until the trouble is over? You ever met somebody that they call a jailhouse religion? Let's just have an honest conversation. Everybody knows somebody or at least knows somebody that knows somebody that was locked up. Got it? And here's what's amazing. Many times, and I'm not being judgmental, please hear me, because listen, Let's tell the truth, y'all. It's a lot of stuff. A whole lot of us should have been through a whole lot of stuff. But it's grace. Come on here. And it's mercy. I just need you to say, thank you, Lord. Because there's a whole lot of stuff. Don't be judging other people. You just didn't get caught. 
Y'all ain't saying nothing. No, -uh, let's never be a judge. Let's never do that. So I'm not saying this in the judgment way. But they call it jailhouse religion because basically what they're saying is when they're locked up, I'm going to do right. When I come out, I'm going to do right. I'm going to do right by the kids. Baby, I'm going to do right by the kids. I'm going to do right by you. We're going to be a family. We're going to get that house. I'm going to do right. I'm going to do right. Baby, I'm going to do right. I'm going to do right. I'm going to church. Matter of fact, I'm going to be a deacon. I'm going to take classes. I'm going I'm to do right. I'm going to do right. I'm going to do right. They call it jailhouse religion because in the midst of your confinement, you change. But the only proof of your change is when you're no longer confined. See, when the frogs were there, Pharaoh was like, okay, I'm going to let y'all go. The frogs leave. Pharaoh's like, mm-mm, nah, forget that. This kept happening because it happened with the hail. It happened with other things. And Pharaoh kept going to Moses and saying, Moses, uh, would you pray that God stops it? And Moses kept praying that God would stop it, and they kept getting played. Why does this keep happening? Because God wants Moses to see something in Pharaoh that's really in Moses. What do you mean? Because Moses would pretend to change. How do you know? Because now he's following instructions, but the truth is, in his heart, we know because he keeps going back to the same pattern. Look at me. And keeps saying the same old stuff. See, how do you know whether or not you've changed? Because your confessions change when change is happening. See, if you still say the same stuff now, see, when something goes crazy, you're like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. God is like, you ain't changed. You ain't nothing different. Are you hearing me? So watch. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. This blessing you. Let's keep moving. This blessing you. Let's go. So here we are, Exodus 11, 23. We're walking through the story. What are you doing, Bishop? I'm walking you up to where we're going to be on Wednesday, which is the Passover. So what are we doing? We're walking through Exodus together. Let's go. Exodus 11, 23. Now, uh, in Exodus 11, 23, we're in one of the plagues. And one of the plagues is that there's going to be darkness over the Egyptians. So Moses lifts up his hands, and there's darkness over the Egyptians. Let's look at what happens. Verse 23. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days with all the people of Israel had light where they lived. Stop! The Egyptians were on social distancing and quarantine, but God's people could see the light. You missed what I just said. They're on quarantine and they are on social distancing. Ain't nobody going nowhere. Ain't nobody doing what they normally do. And despite that, God's people were like, we see the light. And I need you not to respond like the world to what's going on right now. I need you to open your mouth and say, I see the light. What does that mean? Something good's coming out of this. Something good's coming forth from this. God's going to work a miracle. He's going to use this to take me to another altitude. I need you to holler, yes, Lord. Listen. See, this ain't the first time there was social distancing. This ain't the first time there was quarantine. It's been here before. But just like it passed then, you better look at me. It's going to pass again. Come on, y'all. Just like it passed then, it's going to pass again. But notice, God's people could see the light. So, but you, some of you are saying, but we still all on social quarantine and all social distancing and quarantine. You're missing the point. The difference is they don't see a way out. They don't see an end. They talking about, oh, it's going to get bad. You need to say, baby, I'm living Lord. How you living? I'm living Lord. What you doing the month of April? You ought to say, listen, I'm doing what the airline industry ain't able to do. I'm taking off and I'm going to a new altitude. Yeah. Let's finish. Let's go. Go down to verse 28. Go down to verse 28. Exodus 11. Go to verse 28. Here it is. Then Pharaoh said to him, get away from me. So after this plague, Pharaoh's like, I'm done. Get away from me. Take care to never see my face 
again. See, the fact that Moses keeps going in and out of Pharaoh's court tells you something very significant about the whole situation. The whole thing is supernatural. Because Moses should have been barred from Pharaoh's presence. Pharaoh kept letting him come back and forth because God needed Pharaoh to know, I run this side and I run this side. And God plays chess with himself to make sure that at the end of the day, he gets the glory and his people got a story. Ah! He gets the glory and his people got a story. The reason I'm not worried is because God is playing both, both of them. He's playing both sides. So when he makes a move over here, he'll make a move over here. And when it looks like a bad move, God will say, uh-uh, just keep on watching because I got a queen. Let's go. I got a king. Let's go. I got a bishop. Let's go. I got a... You ready? So he says, get away from me. Take care to never see my face again. For the day you see my face, watch the line. You shall die. Now notice, Pharaoh doesn't say I'm going to kill you. He just says... You're going to die if I see your face again. Which takes us to Exodus 12, 31. So now we're in the last plague. Somebody say last plague. In the last plague, which is the 10th plague, the firstborn sons of the Egyptians die. But there's more. The firstborn of the Egyptians' livestock dies. Livestock, hooved animals. They die. Livestock, you use them for transportation. You use them from agriculture. You use them for food. Which means it is your source. So watch me. And your firstborn son was your heir. Mm. Your source and your legacy. Let's go. Your source, watch me, your present and your future died at the same time. You missed that right now. Your present and your future died at the same time. So then Pharaoh summons Moses and Aaron in and watch the line. 1231 of Exodus. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron when? By night. Somebody say, so I need only those of you who got big faith. If your faith is, 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 is ain't big right now, don't say nothing. It's okay. Say it tomorrow. Watch the replay and say it then. But right now, if your faith is stirred from this word that you heard, I need you to release this. Say by tomorrow night. Uh-uh, y'all play with me on these digital campuses. I need you to release and say, by tomorrow night, I'm going to see a major miracle in my life. Watch. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron at night. You ready? By the way, Historically speaking, that actual night is on Wednesday. It's the beginning of the Passover. That's on Wednesday. Which means we're not just saying this by faith. We're saying this by fact. Which means my faith and my facts matching up. You miss what I said. My faith and my facts are matching up, which means my circumstances and my confession are matching up. What I prayed for and what I'm possessing, they're matching up. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. God, this is good to me. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, get up. Go out from among my people, both you and all the people of Israel. 
Go and serve the Lord as you say it. I want to show you this line. I didn't say it at the 915. Go to the next verse for me. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said. Leave and bless me also. I didn't say that part at the 915. Pharaoh said, Moses, I already know I can't make it. Watch me. Without your blessing. So sometimes the same people that's been giving you hell are the same people that need your help. The same people that have been your greatest burden are the people that are, watch me, even they don't, they need your blessing. Let's go. Look, 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 look. He says, he says, he says, both you and your people, go serve the Lord as you said. But I thought Pharaoh said, the next time you see me, you were going to die. But he didn't die. Not physically. So here's the question. What died? Y'all ask me the question. Say, what died, Bishop? Oh, listen. Great, great question. Great question. His pride died. You missed it. Pharaoh said, the next time you see me, you will die. What died? His pride. What died? His arrogance. What died? His hubris. What died? His arrogance. Watch me. Pharaoh says, listen, the next time I see you, you won't be here. You missed it. He says, Moses, it took 10 plagues. What does 10 mean again? Divine perfection. It took 10 plagues, Moses, for your pride to be purged. Y'all, they said that to me. It took 10 plagues, Moses, for your pride to be purged. Bishop, how do you know that his pride begins to be purged? Watch what the Bible says. He summoned them by night. Remember, Moses was an arrogant man who used to be carried about how people looked at him. But he came in the middle of the night, which means he didn't have time to get dressed. Mm, which means he didn't have time to be worried about his appearance. He didn't have time to be arrogant. He didn't have time to be prideful. He just got up and he came because he was summoned. And he didn't have an attitude when Pharaoh summoned him. He said, yes, sir, what is it that you need? I need you to just lay your hand to yourself and say, my pride is dying. My pride is dying. My pride. And some of you, you're going through so much change right now. I need you not to think God is against you. You need to know God is trying to get that pride out of you. Because to take you to a new altitude, he needs you to learn how to practice gratitude. Watch me. Let me take it further. God kept hardening Pharaoh's heart, not just to get the glory over the Egyptians, because he could have just killed the Egyptians at one time. He could have just spit in them and they would have been gone. Because Pharaoh's natural inclination was to let them go. How do you know that, Bishop? Otherwise, why do you have to harden Pharaoh's heart? The only reason you have to harden his heart is because he wants to let them go. Look at me. There are certain things that God has stopped from happening. That when you look at it, it should have worked. Y'all ain't talking to me. It should have worked. It should have happened. It should have been good. There shouldn't have been any problems. There shouldn't have been any difficulties. And there's a certain thing God was like, no. Why? Because I'm about to break your pride. Because your pride, listen, if I let you take off, your pride is going to make you crash. And you can't be like the rest of your bloodline. Come here. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. Their pride made them crash. Your gratitude is about to make you sore. So look, so look, so look, so look. So what's going on? If God hardened Pharaoh's heart to make, he did this because he wanted to make Pharaoh a mirror to Moses. Because sometimes it takes your enemies. What's an enemy? Anything that opposes your forward progress to see your enemy. Can I ask you a question? What is it that your enemy is showing you about you? 
See, you complain about how they act, but question, don't you act the same way? You complain about their attitude, but question, ain't that your attitude? Y'all ain't saying that to me. You complain about how they unfaithful, but are you? See, Pharaoh was a mirror. Because pride, remember, it can't see itself. So what does God do? God uses an enemy and says, look at yourself. Look, look, God, I can't believe so-and-so treated me like that. Look, 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 I made them do it. I made them do that. Why did I make them do it? Because you wouldn't listen otherwise. I tried to reason with you in four. Come here, y'all. I tried to reason with you in chapter four. You were unreasonable because you were prideful. So four to 12 is your doing. Chapter four to chapter 12, you did this, Moses. Because had you obeyed me and not had your pride, the first time you go ask Pharaoh, I would have made him let y'all go. Some of you are like, God, when is this going to end? God says, when your pride does. God, when am I going to find somebody when your pride is gone? That's why you keep finding the same bad people. Because your pride is a magnet to pride. Y'all ain't talking to me. When are things going to turn for me when your pride drops? I need everybody to just open your mouth right now and say, Lord, I purge my pride. I release my pride in the name of Jesus. Which brings me to this last point. Gratitude is consistent. I hope you were blessed by this word. Gratitude is consistent. First Thessalonians 5.18. And everything gives thanks for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. What do you mean gratitude is consistent? What did God make Moses keep doing? Because Moses was a shepherd for 40 years. Which means he called the shots. Look at me! Sometimes when you get used to calling the shots, God will allow some shots that you can't call. Y'all better hear me. See, some of you, let me tell you, you're so used to, I'm grown. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And God's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think you're cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. But let me tell you what I'm about to do. I'm going to call some shots that you can't do nothing about. So 10 times he makes Moses get up, go to Pharaoh. Get up, go to Pharaoh. And just so you know, I'm going to tell him no. Get up. Go to no, think about it. God told Moses, I'm going to tell him no. So think about the action. I'm doing something I know ain't going to work. Because it's not designed to work on Pharaoh. It's designed to work on me. See, all the stuff you've been saying, I wasted time. I can't believe I did this. It didn't work. God says, baby, I was working on you, not them. I was done with them decades ago. I used them to work on you. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives 
to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do... I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Oh, come on now. You know you deserve it. A steak patty on any McDonald's breakfast sandwich. I mean any breakfast sandwich. Biscuit, McMuffin, Bagel, McGriddles, a juicy steak patty on any breakfast sandwich. And when you order through the app, buy one and get one free. Now go get them. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.